0: Greetings and welcome to another So Podcast. I am with today Eliza Tippi. G'day, how are you going? I'm very good, John, thank you. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. Good. Is divorce a dirty word? Is
1: divorce a dirty word? Um, to me it's not. I think to some cultures it is. Um, the experience I've had... Going through divorce and having to share the news with my friends, family, colleagues has only been positive on the most part. Um, and I think whether it's dirty or not, it's an inevitable inevitable part of our society. So
0: Now to those listeners, you're saying, why has John come in with that question? Of course, we're here today to talk about some research you're doing on a book around that big topic of divorce. We've got some themes we're going to cover so, uh, let's get into it. What created the idea of you wanted to do this book?
1: Well, as I mentioned, I went through divorce um almost two and a half or three years ago um and I actually found it to be a positive amicable experience um and it was a mutual choice with between my ex partner and I to divorce and it's um actually opened up my world and been an amazing growth period since making that decision. And I've also learnt a lot about how to go about relationship breakdown um, and separation effectively and made some mistakes along the way. But I'm also really proud of my ex-partner and I for how we went about it. And um, also for our daughter as well because that's a really um, big factor when... Parents split, of course, and um, a lot of people are affected by it.
0: Could I suggest you wouldn't often hear that word proud when you're (laughs) talking about a divorce. And um, obviously you guys are proud of how it happened and um, you've got a child and um, you're conscious of their development going forward.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, and I get it. It's not probably a common feeling (laughs) associated with divorce but... We made a joint decision and, and it was not after trying to keep together and seeking help to stay together. Um, so it wasn't a decision made lightly but I'm actually really proud of how we went about it. And we can thank the people around us. It wasn't just because of the two of us. We um, had a lot of support from family and friends without judgement to get through that decision and change. Sure. Um, but we've also always tried to remember what's best for our daughter. So I think that's also helped it be a, you know, not a positive experience but, a, you know, the best it can be.
0: Eliza, can I pick up on the word judgment? Because we talk about is divorce a dirty word and people are so quick to judge. You just see it in people's face, don't you? When you say, I'm divorced, oh, my God. Absolutely. Judgement. How do you manage judgement? It's just a, it's it's a type of bias, isn't it?
1: Absolutely. And I think, um, it's going to be different for everyone. And I guess that's the point of judgement. People are bringing their own experience and attitudes to a reaction about your own life. Um, but I think, and it really it did trouble me leading up to the divorce the responses I'd get from other people because it is a dirty word, Um, especially if you've gone to the effort of a wedding and made all this hoo-ha about your union. Sure. Um, It's actually a really confronting thing to face when you make the decision and having to tell people. Um, And how, I, I guess the question you asked though, John, was around how I've managed that.
0: Yep. Judgment. And I think we've touched on that with the book, of course, and perhaps you want to talk a bit more about how writing itself can be a type of therapy?
1: Absolutely. Um, And I think in a way I've written that book as a way for me to make sense of what happened and reflect on it, what I can learn, but also to share it with others that, sure, divorce can be a dirty word or something that's not a great life event but there are very good reasons for it happening sometimes. And sometimes they're not the obvious reasons where in my case there wasn't abuse or betrayal, it was a decision we made that we felt was the best for everyone involved. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think in a way the writing has been therapy for me but also a way to tell my story and experience and hopefully it gets out to the world and can help other people going through it um, to help guide them. Um, learn from what I did wrong or right and make it a amicable experience, something that you can tell your children about when they're adults. For sure. And be proud of it the way you went about it,
0: yeah. And it is about being learning. I think the divorce is a bit like a bereavement even with a death. It's not get over, it's go forward. We talk a little bit about stats. I know it's a, I've given you no warning that I was going to talk about stats but obviously we're here it's high but have you checked ABS which stands for Australian Bureau of Statistics recently to talk about what's happening in the divorce world going up down or sideways?
1: Absolutely. The last time I checked the stats it was around 40 percent um, that 40 percent of marriages end in divorce in Australia right um, I've, I've heard anecdotally that that number's actually been going down. Um, and there can be different reasons for that. It might be less couples are choosing to enter marriage. It, I haven't looked actually. I should have, but I haven't looked at the results since same-sex marriage has become legal. It's, yep. So that might create a surge. For sure. Um, but, yeah, it's... And I've heard stats recently that demonstrated that same-sex couples have less divorce rates, but it can't be that accurate right now if the option's only been available in Australia for... A year or so, but it would be really interesting to see how that um, those stats, mm. yeah, go in the future.
0: People are going to be listening to us. I hope they are, <laughs> uh, and have got a relationship going on, which is ups and downs. We've all got ups and downs, relationships, and some people day we might do a couple of days away from each other, trial separations. Are we able to get your thoughts on? That small journey during those tough times, where you're pondering in your mind, "Well, is are we going to be divorced, or how do I feel after that little break we had from each other, or he or she is doing this again, which really pisses me off?" How do you? uh, What goes through your mind through that the dilemma? Can I call it a dilemma? Although there's different words for it, but yeah, the thought process.
1: I think that's a great question and another reason I wanted to write this book um, and I've had a lot of conversations about it over the last couple of years and it strikes a chord with everyone I've spoken to about it because I think we all know relationships, intimate relationships, are really challenging. They're the most rewarding probably relationships humans can have Um, but they also require a lot of work and that's something I've um, talked a lot about with friends that are in relationships is that please, please never take them for granted, um, put in the work, get in that get the help when you need it through relationships, Australia, marriage counseling, um there's a lot of secular, non-secular options out there to support couples, um, because ultimately, I think it pays off. If you can work through the the challenges in a relationship within reason, I think ultimately it will pay off. Um, but again, it's a very, Case by case thing. You can't. It's you can't really put a blanket rule um, or judge anyone for the way they might go about these things. Um, but I think for when you, when people are having those dilemmas, I think it's really important to remember that these are universal struggles often, and that relationships do take work. And anything worth doing usually requires some sweat, you know, some effort, and to not take it for granted. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so I think. I'm really passionate about that as well, and even embracing the conflict that happens. It doesn't have to be a dirty thing. Mm. Um, it can be something that can help you work through difference, or might be a reminder to have more quality time together um, in our busy lives. That can be hard.
0: You talk yeah. about getting help, and help comes in different colours. You could have professional counselling. You can have peer help from someone else who's gone through a divorce and then you've got good old family. <laughs> you've got your family, you've got their family on the other side. How do you, in your own heart and soul, who is it about a, 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 What am I trying to say here? What's the good help? How do you try and find good help? And, of course, it's going to be meaningful and you'll, you'll feel it in your heart. But when you're shopping for... Can I be really crude? When yeah. you're shopping for help, what are you looking for?
1: That's it. Um, good question. And I think, again, it's going to be a very individual thing, um, depending on someone's beliefs. And it also depends on your partner. Sometimes one person might want to undertake marriage counselling, and get the professional help, but the other party isn't willing to. So it's about finding something that's going to suit both parties, but also doing your own work. So if it's something...
0: What do you mean when you say that, your own work? Well, it
1: might be, I mean, that idea of self-care, it might be ensuring you're looking after your own body and mind so you can think clearly, be a supportive partner, Mm. have compassion when you're having difference, um, carve out the time, do the self-reflection about how you might improve
0: Mm. as a part in that relationship. So instead of having that glass of wine, go and do something else that you really enjoy and make yourself happy...
1: Well, I think a glass of wine can be something we can really enjoy and can make us happy. Yep. um, But not abusing that either Um, because that can be, I think, in Australian culture it can be a really easy uh, way to get help. That's right. Supposedly. Sure. um, To get pissed or whatever. But um, I think there's a place for that sometimes. But, yeah, I think the self-care can be about exercise or getting your own professional help um, or spiritual guidance because right. we all have those needs mm. in whatever form they come.
0: Another another tough question which uh, i just like to, Not so much a question, it's uh, your thoughts on women are getting help easier or happy to find help more so than that stubborn guy? That's still a trend, is it?
1: I think so. I think there's a real shift happening um, but it's a very good point and since divorce or going through divorce I've tried to delve into that a bit deeper. Um, And I've read a book called Manhood by Stephen Biddop. It's a bit controversial, but it was a great insight into the struggles that men have experienced in our society, um, which, and of course, there's been suffering and struggles for women um, over the decades. But there was this theme around the absent father in the 20th century in Western culture.
0: Wow. Tell us more.
1: It's really fascinating. Um, He talked about that the moments in history in the 20th century, we had two world wars, we had the industrial revolution. Um, all those, all three events, took men to the war front line or to the factories, um, and so we have generations of absent fathers that often went around to guide and support children, and you know that shapes their development and relationship with their father and their role as a man or their relationship with men. And I think the rates of divorce and the conflict that we often experience between gender um, can be traced back to that tension. Okay. And I think women's rights have had a lot of attention and rightfully so. But I think men had their struggle as well and neither social pressure really served either party or each other. And I think we do confront that when there's um, conflict in relationships and an inability for men or women to be able to get help and talk about feelings and and their childhood or whatever it is that shapes their behaviours, I think um, can be really hard for people. But I th- I like to think there's a shift. That's good. Yeah. I think it's getting easier for everyone, better. I hope.
0: <laughs> Other factors such as uh, we we'll mentioned unconscious bias um, and also ugly things like money and finance, it's a real big elephant in the room that plays a big role during that journey of divorce because uh, that power imbalance about one of the partners brings in the money and because someone's going to feed the kids. So that's really a tough one, isn't it?
1: I agree and I think that's a, an incredible burden to have, as is being at home alone doing all the chores and housework, of uh, pickups and drop-offs or whatever it is. Um, I think... We're finding a better balance in those roles, hopefully. But it can't be underestimated, those pressures, and that's something that really got highlighted in our experience of marriage counselling. Um, I remember the counsellor listed six different universal pressures that will contribute to a relationship breakdown. Go they included... It. Yeah, you can imagine. It was the chores. Do you chores. Know
0: what they are? Can you tell us?
1: Yes, I think I can remember. But money, finances, like you mentioned. Yes. Um, chores. Um, sex. Um, the in-laws bringing baby home Um, and there was a sixth one added which was really interesting and that was around the digital pressures of life. Wow. That can actually be a really powerful um, negative influence on relationships and that's being talked about a lot more I think at the moment.
0: As in screen time? Yeah. Yeah, social media and Facebook, yeah. It's a bit like parenting really, isn't it? Parents up against Facebook and these other places, which I'm not, you know, yeah. That's That's fine. Yeah. So the book's not out at the moment?
1: No, um, I'm still working away at it and watch your space. Cut in. Watch, watch your space, you this that's it. <laughs> sure, because, yeah.
0: At the end of divorce, it can be a happy experience.
1: I absolutely agree. It can be. It can be. I probably wouldn't recommend it unless it's right for you, but it can absolutely be turned into a really positive life moment where you can start over again and um, Yeah, it's amazing the support you'll get from people as well. You'll get judgement but there's
0: also a lot of support. Any golden rules you want to share before we close?
1: Um, Golden rules. Um, I think if you're going to make a decision to divorce or stay together, you want it to be something you can tell your children or people you respect and hold your head high. So... No matter what choices you make, um, and how you go, and be sure to go about it in a way that you can hold your head up high.
0: Guess what we've got to talk about? Because we said it's really important. Your fantastic grandfather.
1: Oh yes, Can't and he was it? a big on was, writing. Was, it's a
0: podcast. We're still here. We can keep going. Don't go away, <laughs> folks. Let's hear about a guy by the name of
1: Bill Tipping. Okay, known as EW Tipping, I believe, in his
0: okay. journalism so role. So go and Google that name if you're listening to us. But he's been a bit of inspiration for you.
1: Yeah, I actually never met him but um, I've grown up with a lot of talk and he's left quite a legacy in his work as a journalist um, and was as a journalist obviously a very passionate writer, very successful at it and that's, um, yeah, he's a real inspiration and um, that's how we're connected
0: which is great. Because mm. you are a writer and you like writing and you found it's been a really good therapy for you. Is that right?
1: Absolutely, yeah. Haven't been able to make a living out of it, but that's okay. <laughs>
0: Fantastic. All right, so thanks for coming on to the Soap podcast. hope you've enjoyed the conversation.
1: I really have. Thank you so much, John.
0: No worries at all.